Romans 8, verse 14. It said, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. In verse 16, The Spirit itself, or as many translations say, the Spirit Himself, beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now we've been taking these two verses as our text. He refers to the Spirit of God as being one who leads God's children. And he said that he communicates to the children of God that they are children of God by bearing witness with their spirit. Now through these two verses you can see very very easily if you look, look closely that God leads His children, those who will listen and those who will follow. He communicates with His people and leads His people by means of His Spirit. Now, whether you understand that or not, that's a fact. The Bible teaches it. And if the Lord could let us know that we are His and we are His children, then He could let you know other things. Right? I'm just saying to you that communication from God to His people should be the norm. And it happens by means of His Holy Spirit. And yet there's a lot of confusion in these areas. Sometimes if somebody says, well, God told me so and so, folk go, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you mean? You heard from God and and people have a lot of ideas about these things. And don't misunderstand me, there are folk that say God told me so and so and they hadn't heard from God. They just, you know, that's some of their own thinking. But here's the issue. Can children of God, I'm using this term loosely, hear from God? Can they receive communication from God? Can they be led by the Lord? According to these verses, yes. Absolutely, emphatically, yes. Let me read them again. Think about it. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Verse 16, the Spirit itself, or as many in modern translations say, Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So children of God ought to be led by the Spirit of God. We ought to be able to receive communication from God. Now we're going to talk later about how that communication comes, maybe answer some questions. But one reason that we're talking about this is because in connection with healing, the leading of the Spirit is so important. I've, you know, I've studied the history of divine healing in our country and in ages past and what have you. I've been teaching here in healing school for 10 years now. And, of course, been very much interested in the subject of healing. And, uh, you know, I, I, I stu- in the, studying the history of what folk call the divine healing movement in our country and abroad from the turn of the century and before, I, I've seen again and again where the, if people got serious about God and begin to search His Word and pray and press into Him to find out more about Him, the Spirit of God would lead them to the fullness of the Spirit and into healing. I mean, if you go back and study, it's a historical fact. He'd lead them into being aware of His Spirit and being filled with the Spirit and, and lead them into healing also. And I'll tell you this much, if you'll learn to follow the leading of the Spirit, He will lead you right out of sickness into healing. Amen. He'll lead you out of confusion into peace. 
He'll lead you out of defeat into victory if you learn how to follow Him. There's a lot of confusion about how to do that, and that's why we're teaching on these things. We trust that it'll be helpful to you. But, uh, you know, so many times if people are facing physical problems, they have to make decisions about do I have the operation or do I not? Do I take the medicine or not? Do I take the treatment or not? What do I do? How do I deal with this? And we have to make decisions. Well, sometimes people try to write rule books and say, well, you always do this if you have this case, but you really have to watch about that because everybody's a different individual. Everybody's at different places spiritually. And really, the, the answer to a million and one questions is be led. Be led. And yet folk many times don't know what that means. But children of God should expect to be led by the Spirit of God. We had made these statements to you. That decisions determine direction. And direction determines destiny. Decisions determine direction. You know, the decisions you make put you on different certain courses. You know, wherever you're at today, whatever you're doing today is a result of decisions you've made in the past. Isn't that right? I mean, decisions your parents made affected you before you ever got here. And then while you were young and growing up, and then decisions that you have made have affected your life and, and continue to affect your life and set you on a certain course and direction. And if you stay on that direction long enough, it causes you to wind up at a certain destination, at a certain place. Now, of course, the greatest decision you can make is the decision to receive the Lord. Isn't that right? That sets you on a course for heaven. Amen. If you decide not to receive Him, that sets you on another course. So decisions determine direction. Now it's not just the, the, the mega major decision like deciding for Christ, but other decisions. You know, deciding who you marry sets you on a course. Deciding what course or occupation or career you choose sets you on a course. De deciding who you align yourself with. Deciding who you join up with. Who you fellowship with. The, the church you go to. Uh, the books you read. The things you meditate on. I mean, we have who knows how many decisions every day we have to make about what we think on, what we say. You know, and these decisions are affecting us. They're setting us in a certain direction. And that direction, if we stay on it, will cause us to arrive at a certain destination. Now let me real briefly review some things we went over yesterday about how to make decisions. We had said to you that first of all, the, the Lord has promised in His Word to guide us and to direct us. We gave you several scriptures, like that the Lord said, He, would, he said, I'll teach you, I'll lead you, I'll guide you. He said, I'll guide you with my counsel. He said, I'll be your guide to death. He said, I'm the one who leads you by the way you should go. He said, I will guide you continually. All these are scriptures that we looked at yesterday. The Lord has given us His Word that He would guide us. But we said to you that it's important to understand how He guides. And we said to you that the Lord is going to guide us by His Spirit. And that 16th verse that we read said that he, the Spirit of God bears witness with what? 
our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, did you notice that again? The Spirit of God bears witness with what part of our being? Our spirit. Now, the, in, in Proverbs 20, it says this, Proverbs 20, 27, it says, The Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Now, see, they used candles in that day like we use light bulbs today. And uh, in other words, he's saying that God's going to use your own spirit to enlighten you and to guide you. And so we had said to you that God's going to lead you and guide you through your own spirit. Now sometimes you have to stop there and just, you know, and talk about the fact of what, of what we are as far as beings. So many times people think that, that human beings are just flesh and mind. But that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that we are spirit beings, that we have a mind, and that we function and live in a body. But, so many times, instead of saying spirit, sometimes the Bible just refers to the heart. And in talking about the heart, it's talking about the innermost part of man. And actually, it refers to the belly of man. You ever remember reading over in John, where it says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water? Well, he's not talking literally about your stomach and intestines. He's talking about the, the heart of man, the core of man. You know, we use, that, we use that kind of terminology like you cut down a tree and point to the center and say, this is the heart of the oak or the pine. Or you cut open a watermelon and say, here's the heart of the melon. Well, what is the heart of man? The heart of man is the spirit of man. And see, the real you, sometimes I say it like this, you know, to provoke thinking, you're sitting there looking at me through those two windows you call eyes. Did you know that if you didn't even have a body, you'd still exist? See, when the body dies, that's not the end of that person. Somebody says, yeah, they're, they're mine. No, not just mine. They are a spirit being. They have a mind. So there's more to man than mind and body. Now, if you haven't understood that, don't throw it away. Look at it. The Bible teaches over in 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. He says, I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless to the coming of our Lord Jesus. So we see spirit and soul. Now see, the soul, that's where the mind and the emotional part of your being would be in the soul. But we have a spirit. We are a spirit, I should say. We have a soul. We live in a body. Now, God is going to lead us and guide us through what part of our being? Spirit. And that's where so many folk get in trouble because they try to be led through their body, or they try to be led through their mind. And that's what causes them great difficulty. Because that's not, he didn't say the Spirit of God bears witness with your body. He didn't say the Spirit of God bears witness with your mind, or your intellect, or your reasoning. In fact, what he did say is to trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not to your own understanding. Now, he didn't say don't use your understanding. He didn't say don't use your head. You are to use your head. But the thing is, even after you've used your head, follow your heart. We were singing that earlier, you know. Follow your heart. Why? Because God's going to lead you through your heart. Don't try to hear voices. 
Don't try to see visions. God can do some special things in these areas sometimes, but that's the exception, not the rule. Now, you know, I trust you understand, friend, the relevancy of this as far as healing is concerned. You know, sometimes people are in trouble physically because they've made the wrong decisions. They've, they've taken the wrong courses and they've gotten into trouble, opened themselves up to different problems. Well, praise God, you can get back on course if you need to. Can't you? Certainly you can. You can get back on course. And uh, find out what you need to decide about, you know, things that you're facing today. So we had said to you, if God's going to lead you through your own heart, then the condition of your heart is very important. And we said to you that the condition of a person's heart makes it easier or more difficult for the Spirit of God to lead them. And so we begin to mention to you different conditions of heart that make it easier for the Lord to lead you. One condition, we said, is a uh, clear heart. And we talked about the fact how that uh, uh, in the inside of a person can become cluttered, like a cluttered garage or closet or drawer. You can have a lot of unresolved things on the inside of you. Things you the Lord dealt with you about, but you didn't take care of them. Uh, issues you never got settled. Projects the Lord dealt with you to do, you never finished them. And you can have a bunch of things inside of you that, that kind of congest your insides. And uh, then when the Spirit of God's trying to lead you about something else, and you're trying to get direction, your heart's cluttered. And the Bible says there are many voices in the world, and none of them without signification. And so you can, you can have a lot of different ideas and opinions on the inside of you, and, and all that clutter can be a hindrance. But you know, one of the keys to having a clear heart is to obeying your conscience. Keep a clear conscience. When God deals with you about something, take care of it. Don't procrastinate. Don't put things off. Don't disobey because that has the effect of cluttering your heart. When you can take care of something, take care of it. When the Lord deals with you about something, obey Him. And that will help keep your heart real clear so that when He deals with you, it's real clear what He's saying to you and it's real obvious to you. Now, I'm, just, I'm still reviewing. Another condition of heart that we said is conducive to the Lord leading you easily, is a humble heart. A humble heart. The psalmist said he will guide the meek with judgment. The meek he will show his way. The more hard-headed you are, the more stubborn you are, the more you've got to have your own way, then the more difficult it can be for the Lord to lead you. A lot of times it's very difficult to see His will until you put your will on the altar. You know what I mean by that? And you know, so many times people are afraid of what the Lord's going to lead them to do. <laughs> how many of you can trust the Lord? You can trust Him. He's, you know, uh, it's amazing how sometimes people have the idea that the Lord just sits and tries to dream up something that would be your worst nightmare, and He's going to lead you to do that. No. No, the Word said He'll give you the desires of your heart. Isn't that right? No, God's not mean. <laughs> He's not against you. 
You can trust Him. And I tell you, I found this, you know, I, several years ago, this may sound humorous to you, but several years ago, I was riding in a car here in town. I was sitting in a light, waiting for the light to change. And uh, I got a revelation. You know, light can come at, at odd places. I'm just sitting there by myself waiting for the light to change. And I got a revelation. You know what my revelation was? God is smarter than me. <laughs> you might say, you didn't already know that? Well, yeah, if you'd have asked me, certainly, yeah. But I mean, it dawned on me. It, in, in an increasing way. How many know you can get more light on something? It dawned on me that God is smarter than I am. A lot smarter than I am. And if He leads me to do something, and, and I think, well, I don't want to do it, well, He's smarter than me. You, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, and if I look at something and I think, well, I want to do that, and He, and he leads me, no, I don't do that. He's smarter than me. Okay? He knows the end from the beginning. He made me. He knows what makes me tick. And if he says, this is what you need to do, then whether I think so or not, it's what I need to do. And if I follow through, I'll be blessed. You know, there's been several things throughout the years that the Lord led me to do it. And at first I thought, I don't want to do that. Oh, no. No, no. But just out of obedience. Just obeyed the Lord. Just obeyed Him, you know. And then when I got into it, man, I loved it. I thought, well, this is great. Why didn't I want to do this? See, follow your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. See, your head will talk you out of all kind of good things that the Lord will lead you into. You know, you really can change. You, you can just have the kind of heart attitude, whatever the Lord says, that's right. Whatever He wants, that's best for me. So having a humble heart, teachable heart, a willing heart, is a right condition of heart for God to minister to you. Now, one more thing before we go to some other practical areas about how to, how to be led and how to make decisions. Having a heart that has the desire to do the right thing is very conducive to God leading you. You know, some people, they don't really want to do the right thing. They want to do what I want to do or what benefits me the most they're not really want to do the right thing you know you got to make up your mind I want to do what's right whether it's my preference or not or whether it personally benefits me the most or not and until you have that kind of hard attitude it's going to be hard for the Lord to lead you because you're not on the same uh, vein as him you know it's kind of like this how uh, many realize that you know if, if you're in your car and you're trying to tune to some station, and it's an FM station, and you're on the AM band, <laughs> you're not going to pick it up. Is that right? Uh, you, uh, you know, and you can go to the, the audio store, and you can say, look, my radio won't pick up this station. And it's an FM station, and you got it on the AM band. And, and you say, I know what we need to do. We need to put more speakers in the car. Put more speakers. So you put three more speakers in the car. Three in the front, three in the back. Six more speakers. And you put more preamps in there, you know. And man, you got, you know, and you keep trying to find it, you know, and you put, we need to put a bigger antenna. That's what it is. Put a big antenna on the car and a booster on the antenna. And man, you've got, you know, hundreds of watts of power flowing through it. I mean, the speakers are just sizzling with the power and you can't find the station. 
What do you got to do? Get on the right band. Isn't that right? And even if you get on the right band, if, if the, the station you're looking for is on the right side of the dial and you're on the left, well, you're not going to pick it up. You can crank the volume up, you know, and it's not going to come in. But boy, if you ever get it on the right, <laughs> on the right station, it's going to blow you out of the car. You understand what I'm saying? Well, you know, that's the way it is with the Lord. See, I mean, sometimes folk are trying to hear from God, but man, they're on the wrong band. I mean, their tuner's way over here on the other side of the dial to where God's thinking is. And you, you gotta tune your heart in to hear from Him. And the way you tune your heart is by adjusting your attitudes and your motives. And see, other people may not know your heart, attitudes, and motives, but God knows. He, you can't fool Him. I mean, you can talk any way you want to, and He just looks through all the stuff and sees your heart. He knows your intent. He knows your heart. So having a, having a heart that is committed to wanting the right thing. I want the right thing, Lord. Listen to different scriptures along that line. The Bible said the righteousness of the perfect will direct his way. Another one said in the way of righteousness is life. You see, the pursuit of righteousness will get you headed in the right direction. Now righteousness is a, is a, is a long English word that just simply means right. It used to be translated right wiseness or rightness. You know, you have to love the truth and you have to love what's right, even if it's at your own expense. You have to love the truth even if it shows that you're wrong. You have to love what's right even if it costs you. You have to love the truth and love what's right. And if you do, that'll put your heart in a more susceptible position to hear from God and receive from Him. Can you say amen? amen. Now, we've just briefly talked about this fact that God's going to lead you through your heart, through your own heart, the inside of you, and that the condition of your heart makes it easier or more difficult for the Spirit of God to communicate to you and, and lead you. And I said to you yesterday that I, I am convinced that there is no child of God who gets into trouble, makes the wrong move, gets hurt, uh, you know, whatever the case might be, but what God was trying to get their attention, trying to communicate to them, but they weren't listening. Or their heart was not in the condition to hear from him. Somebody said, well, why? I mean, he's God. He could just thunder it out, couldn't he? Well, yeah, but that's not the way he does things. I mean, once in a while, he may do something spectacular like that, but most of the time, that's just not, that's not what he wants to do. And you can try to make him ride it in the sky. You can try to make him thunder it out. But the usual thing is, like the Bible said, you've got to come back to the Word. He's going to lead us through our own heart. And if you want to stay sensitive and keen to his leading, you have to pay attention to your heart and you have to keep your heart in the right condition. Keep your heart clear, free. Keep your heart humble and meek. Keep your heart desiring and willing for what's right and what's good. And you'll be, you'll be on the right band and you'll be inclining your heart to where that you can hear him when he speaks to you. Let's go on today to talk about some, some real practical things about how to make decisions. Some real practical things. Uh, 
I want you to go with me to uh, Isaiah, the 28th chapter, first of all. Turn in the Word, if you would, Isaiah 28. This is a little different, you know. If you've never been to healing school before, you know, you ought to come back uh, some other time and you might think you're in a different place, you know. We do, we do things different from day to day, week to week around here. Just try endeavoring to be led by the Lord. Amen. And uh, sometimes healing is not spelled H-E-A-L-I-N-G. Sometimes there are many different issues that connect with healing that you need to get a hold of that help you to get healed. And like I said, you learn how to be led. The Lord will lead you right into healing. He will lead you step by step. And uh, sometimes people emphasize the spectacular. That is, that the only concept people have of healing is that somebody's going to pray for me, somebody's going to lay a hand on me, and just like that, every symptom's going to disappear, and I'm healed. And we've seen, we've seen spectacular manifestations along that line. We've, I've personally, I've seen uh, ears open, just like that. I've seen uh, joints that were bound with arthritis, loosed, just like that. I've seen broken bones instantly knit back together. And I know it was a legitimate situation because the guy that it happened on was a doctor and had x-rays of it. And just like that, it was put back together and swelling went down. He had a shoe on the next day. Never had a, never needed anything. I've seen tumors disappear. They were there, uh, you know, uh, one moment, next moment, they were gone. But for every spectacular thing like that that I could tell you about, by comparison, I could probably tell you about 50, 60, 70 cases of people who recovered over a period of hours, days, weeks, months, depending on several factors. And did you notice that, that what we call this place? Healing school. We don't necessarily just call it miracle school. We call it healing school. We believe in the instantaneous and the miraculous. We've seen it in here. But you need to understand that, that really, technically speaking, healing is a recovery. You start getting better, and you get better and better. And so many times, it's a day-to-day thing. You see, the Lord leads you, and you make the right decisions each day, and take the right steps, and you get better, and get better, and get better, until you're whole and strong. Well, I know that's not as spectacular as just getting zapped with a bolt of lightning and all your symptoms disappeared, but how many would take healing if you didn't have an instantaneous so would you, I should hope so, you know. Sure beats staying sick. Sure beats dying. So thank God for instantaneous miracles. Also thank God for healing. God is in the miracle business. God's also in the healing business. Healing. So have you found Isaiah yet? Well, you're ahead of me, aren't you? I've been talking. But uh, I'll find it real quick. Isaiah 28, and notice verse 16. He said, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. You see that last phrase? He that believeth, or we could say it like this, he that operates in faith shall not what? Make haste. Go with me over to Proverbs. Look at another little point here. Let's see. Proverbs 19. Proverbs the 19th chapter. 
verse 2 and verse 3, Proverbs 19, 2 and 3, it says also that the soul be without knowledge, it is not good. And he that hasteth with his feet sinneth. Did you see that? Now the word sin literally means, in so many of these places, it literally means to miss the mark. You could say it like that. He that hasteth with his feet misses the mark. The foolishness of man perverts his way and his heart frets against the Lord. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of folk aggravated with the Lord because they missed it. And it's not the Lord's fault. If they'd have followed Him, they wouldn't have missed it. But I've actually seen situations where people were just real upset, you know, well, how come the Lord let this happen? How come the Lord this? Why didn't the Lord do this? Well, why didn't you listen to Him? You see? So many times folks are wanting to blame things on the Lord when the truth is, a lot of times they never even stopped and asked Him what to do. Much less followed Him. And then they want to blame it on Him. Well, isn't the Lord in control? Isn't He sovereign over everything? Well, He is sovereign, but that leaves the wrong connotation. So many times people, so many times folk like what I call no-fault religion. You know what I mean by that? No-fault religion. No matter what happens, it's not our fault. God, you know, does things. Nobody knows why. But no, in so many areas, the Lord has left decisions up to us. He's left choices up to us. He said over in Deuteronomy 30, He said, I set before you life, death, blessing, cursing. You choose. He even told us which one to choose. Gave us a hint. Choose life. <laughs> that both you and your seed may live. But see, whose choice is it? Our choice. Our choice. Praise God. We need to come to grips with our responsibility. You have a responsibility every day when you wake up to follow the Lord. If you'll follow Him, He'll lead you into good things. He'll protect you. He'll keep you. He'll lead you into victory. If you go a different way from His leading, you can get in trouble. You can mess up. And He will let you do anything you want to do. You understand that? He will let you do anything you want to do. Irrespective of whether it's His will or not, He'll let you do whatever you decide. Our life is much more in our hands than what some folk would like to think for. If we'll commit our life to Him, He's able to guide us and protect us much more. But unless we follow Him, his will is not guaranteed in our life. Now, did you notice here that he keeps talking about haste, doesn't he? In these practical points on how to make decisions, here's one, don't be hasty. In making a decision, don't be hasty. Don't just decide. Don't just do something. If you want to be sure that you've made the right decision, you're going to need to hear from the Lord about it. You're going to need to get direction from Him. And so many times, you don't just have that when you first want it. A lot of times, you have to wait on Him to get direction from Him. And you have to be wary of pressure. Because some, sometimes pressure because of circumstances, sometimes from other people, sometimes from whatever, can, can come against you. Decide now. Decide right now. 
And so many times, you don't have to decide back then. Now there comes a time when you need to decide, but, but you need to know when that time is. Now there's several things to understand about this. You know, if you know that you're going to need to make a decision, you know, a few months down the road, well, don't wait till that day to think about it. Okay? Get to praying about it. Get to seeking the Lord about it. But if something just comes up that you weren't expecting, then you've got to make a decision, it seems like, right then. Well, we'll look at it real carefully. Do I need to make a decision? Because oftentimes hasty decisions are wrong decisions. Oftentimes people miss it by moving too fast. And you'll find that that's the way the enemy works. The enemy works uh, with pressure tactics. And you'll find these kind of things sprinkled all through the world system. Pressure. Pressure. You know? I mean, even, even, even comes to buying things. So many times, you know? There's pressure, you know? Oh, you better get it. You better get it. Three people came by earlier today looking at it, you know? If you leave, for sure, somebody's gonna get it, you know? Buy it now. Get it, get it, get it. But you know, I've, I've found something in my few years of walking with the Lord. That in most situations, if it's the Lord today, it'll be the Lord tomorrow too. And I tell you one thing, if you fellowship with the Lord and, you know, learn about Him from His Word and from fellowshipping with Him in prayer, you'll find this about Him. He is amazingly patient. Lord. His patience is just absolutely amazing. Amazing. You know, think about it. I mean, he'll prophesy through his prophet or through an angel something's going to happen. Hundreds of years later, it does. <laughs> Is that right? I mean, some things that have been spoken in the Word of God, it's been hundreds and hundreds of years. Some of, some of them thousands of years since they were spoken. It hasn't come to pass yet. But it will. I said it will. Everything He has ever said has come to pass just like He said. And see, that's where human beings get in trouble. They make a good confession. And if it hadn't come to pass by the end of the week, well, what happened? What went wrong? You know, and... They cast their confidence away. You know, really the Bible says that we inherit the promises through what? Faith and patience. Now, patience doesn't mean that you're just passively waiting to see if God's going to do anything. That'd be unbelief. That word patience there literally means perseverance, endurance. It means you're expecting God to do what He told you, and you keep on expecting day after day, Feel good, feel bad, sun shining or cloudy makes no difference. You just keep on expecting week after week, need be month after month, you just keep on expecting. And through that endurance, you'll inherit the promise, he says. Amen? So a key here to making the right decision is be careful about moving too hastily. Because a lot of times he said, you know, he that hasteth with his feet sinneth, he misses the mark. And because of his foolishness, he, he messes up his way, and then his heart frets against the Lord. Well, now, Lord, when did you let me do this? Well, not, it wasn't the Lord at all. It was them. They moved too quick. And, you know, you have to be careful about this, too. 
I've seen people do this, you know. People that knew a little something about praying, knew a little something about being led by the Spirit. I said a little something, a very little. You know, they say, well, I don't know, I'm going to need to pray about that, you know. So they go in the room, shut the door, walk back and forth and pray a little bit, you know, and then come back up. Okay, all right. And they didn't hear from God. <laughs> they just, you know, prayed real fast and real loud for a little bit and said, okay, all right, okay, we got it. And just went ahead and did what they wanted to do all the time. So many times, if you want to hear from the Lord, you've got to take time to get quiet. Get by yourself. Turn off the TV. Turn off the radio. Unplug the phone. Shut the door. And stay there longer than five minutes. A lot of times it takes a couple of hours just to get their mind to begin to quieten down a little bit. And see, God's not leading you through your head. And you've got to get your mind quietened down so you can hear. You know, when I say hear, I use that term loosely. A better term would be so you can sense. So you can sense the direction the Spirit of God's leading you in. Because He's going to lead you through your heart. And so many times people in their day-to-day routine of life, they, 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 their head's real active, their body's real active, and that's where they function the most. And if God's going to lead you through your heart, so you've got to get your body quiet, get your head quiet, so that you can monitor your heart. Because God's going to lead you through your heart. And so a lot of times what you've got to do is you've got to slow down, take time, get quiet. And that's what folk don't like to do. They'd rather just go to somebody else, you tell me what to do. But don't do that. We've already said that's one of the first decisions you need to make is that you're going to make your own decisions. Don't let somebody make your decisions for you and don't try to get somebody to make your decisions for you. Make up your mind. You're going to hear from the Lord for yourself and you're going to make your own decisions. If I'm going to miss it, I want it to be my my decision, not somebody else's. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be responsible. But a lot of times people don't want to make their own decisions because they want to blame somebody else if it goes wrong. Well, you told me. Like we've already said, if you go astray because of somebody, what somebody else told you, it's your fault. You didn't have to listen to them. You didn't have to follow them. Now, another point that we could talk about is in making your decisions. We said, don't be hasty. Don't just guess at it. And don't just walk by sight or reasoning. Now, we read in this portion right here, it said uh, that the soul be without knowledge, it's not good. Now, there, if you don't get somebody else to make a decision for you, there are really only, only a few ways that you could make a decision. One we've already mentioned, which is not included in this, one we've already mentioned is you can decide not to decide, which is a decision. Well, I'm just not going to decide. Well, you made a decision. And, and you, a lot of times, by not, by not making a decision soon enough, you forfeit some things. But make up your mind to make the decision yourself. But then, you can either make a decision based on risk factors, just guess at it, or you can make it based on reasoning, or you can make it based on revelation. 
You understand those things? Risk, reasoning, or revelation. I mean, when it comes to risk, there's all kinds of ways to do it. I mean, you can draw straws. You can flip coins. <laughs> you can ask your friends and have them vote on it. <laughs> and one's about as good as the other. You know? You can read the horoscope, <laughs> which is dumb. The Bible tells us not to get involved with those things at all. Did you know that? Well, yeah, but God made the stars. and God made, Yeah, I know He did. And He said, leave them alone. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, we don't need, you know, we don't have to look at the stars. We got the Spirit of God who was involved in the creation of the stars living inside of us. You got people that go to mediums to consult departed saints or departed souls. The Bible says don't mess with that. Bible's very clear. Leave that kind of a thing alone. You know, the Bible said, why should the living seek the dead? You know? No, we've got, we've got the most authoritative source inside us. You can't get any better counsel or direction than, the, than our source. Amen. The Spirit of God on the inside of us. So he said, you know, don't, don't be led by reasoning or by sight. And you know, you have to, you have to be careful. If you've depended on your head for a lot of years, <laughs> and you know, you've made all your decisions based on your head, it's all reasoning. Reasoning. You know? Well, what about this? we got this, 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 and this. But on this side, we got this and this. Let's see. Well, now, there's nothing wrong with getting the facts. Okay? The Bible didn't say not to use your understanding. It didn't say don't use your head. It said don't lean on it. That's not what you depend on. The thing you depend on is, is what? What God gives you in your heart. That's what you go by. But it didn't say don't use it. You know, so many times when I'm going to make a decision, let's just say you're going to make a decision on a purchase or something. So many times if I'm going to buy something, a lot of times I'll research the product just a little bit. That's not being unspiritual. You know, God gave you a head, right? <laughs> he gave you eyes and telephone and, you know what I'm saying, and an opportunity to access some things and, you know, read this report, look at this, think about this. Now, don't misunderstand me. You can waste time doing that. You can do too much of that. But you, again, you just got to be led as to how much you do and what you do. Do what seems good to you in those areas. But then after I've got, you know, the facts, and the thing is, you can, I mean, you can go on and on and on accumulating facts. Can't you? Particularly depending on what you're doing. I mean, sometimes the facts on some things change daily anyway. I mean, you can go on and on and on and on getting information. But a lot of times I'll try to get just enough to try to give me a, a, some kind of a feel of what's going on in that area and what's some, some kind of an idea of what's available. But then I don't make my decision based on that. I make my decision based on what I got in here. And sometimes what you have in here is different from what this tells you. Your, an, your analysis, your reasoning will say, yeah, but now see this, this, and this. This is the best choice. And sometimes your heart will say, no, I'll go with this. And that's where so many folk miss it. Because, see, they, they really trust their head 
more than they do their heart. And they're more acquainted with the reasoning processes and logic. But here's the big, here's the big issue. I don't care how many facts you accumulate, you never have all the facts. So I said, oh yeah, you don't know me when I research. Yeah, I don't care who you are. You don't have the facts on the future. Is that right? Do you know what that thing's going to do tomorrow and what this, what's going to happen? No, you don't know. The one who lives inside you does. No matter how thorough you are, no matter how much research you do, no matter how much reading you do, no matter how many consultants you have, you never have all the facts. But there's somebody inside you who does. Somebody says, well, I wish he would explain them all to me so I could make the intelligence. No, no, that's not the way he operates. So I say, why not? Because he likes faith. He likes this thing called faith. And when you don't have, if you have all the information, you don't have to walk by faith. You can walk by your head. But when you don't have all the information and he leads you to do something that you can't figure it all out, then you just have to trust him. You have to say, well, you know, Lord, boy, if I was going by my head, I wouldn't do this. You know, this don't look like the right thing to me. But if you say so, that's trust. And that's what the Lord likes. And he's going to keep it that way. Whether you like it that way or not, that's the way it's going to stay. And you're never going to have all the facts. You're never going to have all the information. But you can trust him. He won't lead you wrong. Well, I tell you, there's been time and time again. Now, I won't, I won't stand up here today and lie to you and tell you that I've always followed him. Because I hadn't. I've followed my head before. You know, gone against what he led me and messed up, you see. Missed it. Cost me in different ways. But praise God, there's also been a lot of times when I was able to follow him too. Sometimes when your head thought, man, why? Don't do that. No, no, no. Your head's saying no. Your heart's saying Yes. Go with your heart. And then after you did, you could see why the Lord told you that. Sometimes days later, sometimes years later. Sometimes it's a while before you could see why He led you that way. But then, boy, you're glad you obeyed. Because you didn't know what He knew. I know a friend of mine. And this, you know, some of you may not uh, keep up much with some of these things. But he, he had, uh, he owns a good bit of stock in certain companies and things and it's doing real good you know one day he, he prays a lot and this will make you more receptive to the Holy Ghost too you spend some time praying you see he's just praying in his home he said the Spirit of God prompted him I don't mean he heard a voice now just in the side of him he just knew this liquidate those stocks get out of that today right now get out of it right now he thought why Man, it's looking good. And the last guys I talked to, you know, they said it's going up. You know, it's going up. It's looking good. Everybody's wanting to get in. He's, and and uh, it's the Spirit of God dealt with him. Get out. Get out today. Today. And uh, so he had enough sense to obey. Just went. You know, got completely out of it. That was only like two days before the crash. And he was clear. He was smiling with money in his pocket. 
And I said, well, I wish the Lord had told me that. Were you praying that day? Were you talking to Him? Were you asking Him? Or were you just reading the journal? You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> oh my. You know, the Lord will lead you if you'll listen, if you'll pay attention. So many times folk just get too busy, they think. Well, I hadn't got time. I hadn't got time to wait on the Lord. Well, you, you can't afford it though. Not to. It'll cost you if you don't. So don't walk by sight. Don't walk just by what you see. Don't make your decisions just based on what you see and on what you hear and on your reasoning. Here's another point. Don't be swayed by your emotions. <laughs> Don't make your decisions based on your feelings, your emotions. Now, when I say that God leads you through your heart, I'm not meaning He leads you through your emotional feelings. That's not what I'm talking about. So sometimes folk have not realized that the heart of man and the emotions are not exactly the same thing. I'm not talking about just being emotional. And just going by emotional feeling. I'm talking about something else. Something much more solid than that. I'm talking about a sense in the heart. In the inside of you. Not a feeling. An emotional feeling. But a sense in the heart. Your emotions will lead you wrong. I know a friend of mine one time. Uh, she and some other folk were looking at some new cars. And some looking at a new Mercedes you know. And, uh, and she said oh my spirit man wants one of these. <laughs> she, she said it as a joke, you see, because it, that wasn't really her spirit, you see, that was clamoring for that. That's more her soul, her emotions, you see. Well, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a Mercedes, but uh, you need to know the difference between your feelings and God leading you through your heart. You need to be able to distinguish that. Don't let your feelings blind you. Don't let your desires blind you. And how many know feelings can be real strong? i tell you an area where you really have to watch this, and this is with family. Sometimes feelings can be so strong with family that it can obscure the leading of the Lord. And did you know you need to be led with your family members just like you are with anybody else? That's right. A lot of times something will come up, and if it's family member, folk won't even pray about it. They just do it. But that can be a big mistake. So you need to pray and be led. I, you know, let's just, we're just talking about money. You know, I've seen people that let their kids and grandkids just clean them out. You know what I mean by that? Just, just take advantage of them. And the thing is, if they'd have been listening to the Lord, he he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have let them to do that. He wouldn't have let them to give in to all those. Request. Yeah, but they're family. Yeah, but you got to be led. You need to be led even with family. And friends. You're not supposed to do everything just because somebody asks you to. Or just because a friend asks you to. Or an associate. Or a relative. You know, I, something I had to learn when I first, uh, when I first started in the ministry several years ago, I, I, I understood, well, I'm a preacher. I'm a minister. Ministers minister to people. And basically anything anybody wants you to do, you're supposed to do it because you minister. You're supposed to serve people. 
And so anybody asked me to pray, anybody asked me to counsel with them, anybody asked me to do this or whatever, you know, I pretty much just tried to do what everybody wanted you to do. And got busier and busier and busier and busier until, man, I, you know, I'm meeting myself coming back. You know what I mean by that? <laughs> and I finally began to realize that in some of these instances, the enemy was actually wasting my time through some indirect things because I would, you know, it wasn't right for me to be doing some of the things I was doing. And it was affecting me in a lot of different ways. And I finally began to realize that I'm not just supposed to do everything that somebody wants me to do. I'm supposed to be led in those things too. I realized when it came to prayer, you know, a lot of times folks come up, Brother Keith, I want you to pray with me about this or pray with me about the other. You're not always supposed to just do that. I began to realize that a lot of times, uh, you know, of course, you know, I, some of these things I'm telling you, I learned by making mistakes. But I began to realize that there were situations where Somebody said, well, Brother Keith, I want you to pray with me about this. And I knew in my heart when they talked to me about it that we didn't need to pray about that, you know. That they wasn't in position to receive at that point or something wasn't right. But, you know, just to accommodate them, just go ahead and pray about it and walk away grieved in your heart. Knowing that, you know, really wasn't effective. And you really do people a disservice. Because if you pray and don't get results, that hurts your faith. See, and if you do that enough, then you get to where you don't expect results. And that's a terrible condition to be in. That means you have no faith anymore in, in praying and believing God. It'd be better not to pray with somebody than, than to pray, you know, not to pray with somebody and wait until you and they could get in faith about it and get results. You understand? Sometimes things people want to pray about is not even scriptural. Not even right. Some things folk don't need to pray about. They just need to do some things that the Word said and it'll straighten out. But I'm saying we need to be led in all these things. And you don't need to get with everybody about everything. I'd find myself sometimes counseling with people two hours and it's time for me to go speak and I'm not properly prepared and all they've done is chew on my ear for two hours and they didn't really want to hear what I had to say. They want to tell me what they thought. And even though maybe sometimes you know what somebody needs, you're not always the person to help them. You're not necessarily the person that they're going to receive from, and you need to be able to perceive that. And if you're not the right one to minister to them, then don't get involved with it. As I grow more and learn more, there are a lot of times I'll tell folks, you know, I don't think you need to get with me on some things. You know, I don't feel, I don't feel like you ought to get with me. And sometimes I'll think of somebody that I think would be better for them, and I'll say, well, you might want to check with so-and-so. I think they might be better. Not that you try, you know, sometimes people take it wrong. They think, well, you're trying to push me off or whatever, or you don't care. But that's not the case. That's not the case. You want to be effective. Amen. And you want to help people, not waste their time or yours. And not do things that's going to be contrary to faith and results. Amen. Don't be led by feelings. Don't be led by emotional pull, by family member, by friend. Don't be led by emotions. Don't be led by feelings. Got to watch your own desires. We've already talked about that. Put yours on the altar and let God, let God deal with you. Now, you know, I've talked to you about several things already today, and I don't think we're going to go on a lot longer today. I'm going to go ahead and let you go here in just a moment. 
But uh, I think on tomorrow, we're going to just spend the whole time, unless the Lord leads us another direction, on how to get revelation. You know, the, you know, we, we've talked about the guessing part and the reasoning part and all these things, but we're just going to focus on that one aspect, the revelation aspect, getting revelation. And it's a lot simpler and easier than what some folk try to make it to be. You know, a lot of times people, bless their hearts, they try to make things so complicated and so complex and that, you know, when you hear from God, it's got to be spectacular. You got to see a, an angel or have a vision or hear an audible voice. And, and I'll just be frank with you. Folk that see visions and hearing voices every other day, stay away from them. Okay? That's not God. No. Uh-uh. These special things happen. But they're not the norm. They're exceptions. In fact, you could live and die and never have a vision and never hear an audible voice and it wouldn't mean anything's wrong with you. wouldn't mean you're unspiritual. You understand? It just mean that God didn't see fit to give you some of those special things. You didn't need them. And I'll close with this. I was in here, this must have been, I don't know, eight or nine years ago. More like eight, I guess. Sitting right over here. And uh, Brother Hagin was teaching here. And uh, I, was a, I was still in school at that time. And uh, several of my friends and fellow students, Bible school students and what have you, had gotten words from the Lord. You know what I mean by that? I mean prophecies. I mean tongues and interpretations. Somebody had prophesied to them, Yea, thus saith the Lord, you're to do this. You're do, you know, somebody had prophesied to them. Several of them. And you know, this happened over a several month period of time. This one got a word, and this one got, and, and I don't mean, I don't say that disparagingly, you know. Some of them came through well known ministers and, and, and sounded right and good, you know. Some of them you wondered about. But, uh, but, you know, so many of my friends had gotten a prophecy and gotten a word from the Lord, and, and I was thinking, you know, wonder why I ain't got a word. <laughs> they all got a word. Wonder why I ain't got a word. And you know, I hadn't said much about it, but you know, that crossed my mind several times. Well, wonder why, you know. Well, Keith, what's your problem? You know, most everybody's got a word, but you. Why don't you have a word? And this kind of thing happened frequently, and it's always happened in healing school, but. Uh, Brother Hagin came over. He's preaching and teaching, just kind of like I'm doing today, you know, but probably better, but, uh, <laughs> he's been at it longer than I have. But, uh, but he came over, and I was sitting right about in this chair right here, and he's, and he's, he's preaching and talking, you know, and he said, you know, sometimes people say, wonder why I hadn't ever got a word. <laughs> and I just sat there and smiled like, yeah, people say that sometimes. <laughs> I just sat there, and he went on to talk about some things that I, I, I'll share with you right about. He said, well, you know, people say, I wonder why I don't get a word. He went on to say, well, you know, sometimes, now not always, don't make me say something I didn't say here now, sometimes the Lord gives people a word like that through somebody else because he's tried to talk to them through the, uh, through the regular avenues, and they've been dull of hearing, 
And he just he's having a difficult time getting it across to him, and so he resorts to more uh, physical ways to get their attention. And it's not necessarily automatically a good sign. I said sometimes, okay, not always, sometimes. Now, because there are other reasons why God does it, okay, it doesn't have anything to do with that. But in some cases, and he went on to say, and. A lot of times, even though if you are hearing good on your own, the Lord will give you something spectacular like that because there's rough sailing ahead. And you're going to need something real solid and somewhat spectacular to jar your attention to help keep you steady in the days ahead. (laughs) And so, he said, if you're not getting a word, praise the Lord. Nobody's prophesying to you. Glory to God. Maybe you're hearing for the, from, from the Lord. Good for yourself. Being led by the inward witness. There's no particularly terrible things up ahead of you that you need any spectacular direction. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, we ought not seek these things at all. If God moves this way and it's right, fine. But you understand this, every prophecy that somebody would give out to us, whatever, tongue and interpretation, they must be judged. You understand? They must be judged by the Bible and they must be judged by the inner witness that you have in yourself. If somebody prophesies something to you and it doesn't line up with your own heart, don't receive it. I don't care if it's me, I don't care who it is. Just don't receive it. Because see, you know, in the Old Testament days, the prophet or whoever was ministering was the only one that had the Spirit of God. But today, all of us have the Spirit of God. And if the Spirit of God's ministering to us through somebody, we've got that same Spirit inside of us. And we'll know whether it's right or not. And if it's coming from, you know, out of left field to us, we think, whoa, whoa, where did that come from? I don't know about that. Well, just don't pay attention to it. I don't care who said it. Learn to follow your own heart. What gives you, what God gives you in your own heart. He's inside of you. He will lead you. He will guide you. Trust what you get in your own heart. Can you say amen? This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.